0: All right, Daylight Burners, I'm here with uh, Mr. Bobby Gray, Uh, we're gonna sit down and have a chat, so uh, I'm Matt McKinley, we're burning daylight.
1: And I'm Bobby Gray, and mount up because we're chasing strays.
0: Perfect, well, how's the weather down your way?
1: Nicer than it was last week, (laughs) highs in the 80s is kind of funny in July, but been able to start a little later and get a little more done even so that's been nice
0: yeah did you get uh did you get your wheat out of the field
1: oh yeah we didn't have oh we only had about 400 acres of wheat and 300 acres of triticale so it didn't take us very long to get it all out
0: oh good how'd the how'd the yield look
1: it turned out all right. We had a couple place. We had one place do about 56 and everything else was about 45 and then the triticale was in the 28, which is pretty good for triticale.
0: okay, cool. Yeah, I I knew you guys had a lot of a lot of moisture, but I didn't know I hadn't really heard what the yields were, were doing down yeah, that part of the yeah. world, but
1: yeah, anything that got pulled out at the right time or taking out of the field at about the right time did really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, once it starts leaning over that stuff's pretty it's pretty tough.
1: Yeah. That is a that is for sure. Takes a little yeah. while to get out.
0: Yeah, well we, we caught the heat wave uh that you guys must have had last week. 'cause it's been it's been hotter than hell here the last like week and a half, but it it cooled down uh last night and t- uh, today. Got a little bit of little bit of rain, not much, but kinda kinda halfway knocked the dust down for a little bit and cool it off a bit.
1: Yeah, we didn't catch any of the rain. That I was kinda was, that wasn't no good. We our corn needs it and the grass needs it something fierce. We're Yeah. We've only gotten one little cut in the hay off and if we don't get another one well we'll be fine for this year, but next year we'll damn sure have to get some put up.
0: Yeah. How is the how is the cattle handling it?
1: They do fine. Like we run all them cattle out of Florida, so they, oh yeah, that doesn't bother them at all. And honestly, they come up here in the wintertime and do just as good as the cattle from up north. So it's kind of funny. There's some hardy little bastards.
0: Oh yeah, we uh we used to get a bunch of those Florida and like Alabama, uh, Louisiana type cattle. Uh, and uh they they'd look like cold as hell for about. Now uh, a week and a half until they kind of kind of figured out what the feed bunk was and started hitting feed and then yeah then they were fine. You'd you'd have to hit them pretty hard for about thirty days doctoring and then and then they usually pretty pretty well lined out. Uh, but the ones that were tough were real tough.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, there's always some in there that you just get them in and you look at and you just know there's like a ninety five percent chance that little son bitch ain't gonna make it. But yeah if sometimes you can get them through it about it's probably about half and half.
0: Yeah. They, uh, see, we, they run a lot of Mexican cattle out here and, uh, and they're, they remind me a lot of the, those Southeastern type cattle, just same, you know, a lot of Charlet cross with, uh, with Brema, just long ear Charleys is what you're going to get mostly, but, but everything's got a little ear. Uh, and if you handle them right, they're not bad, but they will move. They, they'll go ahead and move on out. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like uh I I completely know what you're saying. We get a hell of a lot of them good shark crosses. I mean they're good bastards, but yeah. If you handle them right when they're little and you mm. shut the hell up Yeah. You've got 'em whipped.
0: No, yeah. yeah, you gotta their flight zone is about ten times the size of a of a normal beef beef steer, but
1: Yeah. Uh they don't ever, especially coming out of Florida, they maybe see a person twice before they go to the sale barn. Yeah,
0: well, and they get rounded up on airboats and shit, and uh, yeah. and helicopters. So yeah, they uh, it's a, a little different type of uh, deal running cattle down there.
1: Yeah, but and but if you get them up here and you don't treat them right, or they you get them even a little wound. Oh yeah. You can't hardly. I mean, they'll go through. A, Five wire fence, like it's just a little pissant
0: hot wire. Oh yeah, my uh, my brother in law, he had a buddy that uh that hauled cattle all over the U.S. and he brought a he was bringing a load of of Florida cattle and he called uh he called Ross up and that hey you want to ride ride with? They hadn't seen it. they grew up together hadn't seen each other in a while. I said I ah, will hop in. We'll, um, you can come with me. We'll unload these cattle. And they take them out to wheat pasture, I think, and they just had a little portable corral set up. Uh, it was before the days of the OK corral or those, you know, those great big, those things are a godsend. Uh, those those portable panel setups where you can just drop your, drop your trailer and press a button and and there, there you have it. Those things are awesome. But this was, you know, back in the old school days where you got to set out your panels,
1: your uh, WW panels. yeah, Yeah.
0: And they had the portable shoot there and Ross said they, uh, they took about two strides on solid ground and then just cleared those panels like a like a bunch of gazelles, just almost single file coming off the truck. And uh, and they were right up on the river. And I I don't think they ever got them all gathered, but they uh <laughs> those those suckers when they get wound, you better have a fast horse.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is for sure, especially on them little Did You get them up there weighing about eight and a half, and they're good and soggy and fat. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you keep yeah, you, up with them, but they'll they'll damn sure snort and run over your ass if you aren't Yeah,
0: careful. yeah. Those those uh, bigger ones, if you if you can find some sort of incline to run them up, you can usually chase them down pretty good. But but on there on their little scrawny coming straight off a of, off a of mama's tit, uh, they're. Uh, yeah they're they're a little little swampy little squirrely and
2: uh and it's amazing
0: it's amazing a little uh, animal like that can just whip the dog shit out of you too i mean and they uh they they can get you they can get you piled up in a corner and and put a nut put a hurting on you pretty quick
1: oh yeah if you aren't careful though and you get one the problem is you get one even' try and go over you the whole group does it
0: oh yeah. Yeah, it's always the leader that's gonna try it. Oh yeah, yeah, that leader will find you, and the rest of them will follow right behind, and you stomp a mud hole in you.
1: Yeah, I've seen, I've, I've seen some. Well, I guess I've been a part of some pretty bad wrecks, but uh, I've never seen anybody get too hurt. the The biggest, the worst thing I've ever seen. We were gathering, we gathered one of our places, and we've got a a uh, solid set of pins in, at that one particular place. And we had them in our big catch pin. We were bringing them up to load out. And uh, my dad's friend was helping us that day. And this big old Charlet bastard, I mean a big bastard. We knew he was snorty. He just takes out after my dad's friend. And his old horse just stepped to the side and took it. But that calf, right in the leg. <laughs> I mean, he put his head down broke his damn leg it was a bad deal but that's funny it, yeah it was it i was like holy shit and, <laughs> then, and then that calf just turned around and went in the pen he was the first one in the pen i think first or second one on the truck i don't know what the hell
0: that's that's weird we we were up in uh wyoming we had uh well, i was working for cactus uh they had bought about I think they bought about 7,000 head of heifers. This one guy owned them, and he ran them in several different places there in uh, kind of southern Wyoming in between uh, Laramie and Saratoga. They were kind of scattered out through there. They're South Dakota cattle originally, you know, real nice, the Angus cross, you know, like real short neck, stocky, you know, like old school Angus type. Good yeah, heifers.
1: Three foot tall and four foot wide.
0: Yeah, pretty well. And, uh, and so we... We went up and we sorted off the top end, uh, just as replacement heifers. And, uh, we were at this place, they called it, um, they called it, uh, Cooper Cove was the name of the, the ranch or, or the, that particular grazing permit or something. I, I forget if it was a private ranch or if it was, uh, you know, if it was a BLM ground or what, but they had an old set of like sheep corrals that, and like old, old, like the, yeah. The hinges on the gate didn't have uh, like uh, a bolt and a nut on it. It still had like the like the cast iron pins through through the hinge. And I'm um, saying so it it was old, old, old. I bet and, just uh, the
1: hinges if somebody got off with them were worth quite a bit of money just Oh, that.
0: probably. Yeah, this and this one goes back to like the range war type days back in you know in the early days of Wyoming when it was you know sheep yeah. herders versus cattlemen that 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 type of type of old. And um, we we pulled up, and of course uh, all of us guys from with the cactus guys we didn't we weren't mounted or anything. We just came up to help sort on foot, and uh, we pull up, and the first thing you see is like four rodeo rigs, which sometimes not a big deal but you know when you see those big trailers with the the air conditioners on top and see a bunch of horses just a bunch of horses with tie downs and stuff you're just like ah man it could be a long day and then uh and then everybody's got a dog because you know you you get the further west you go the more everybody uses a dog because that you know you're just you're covering a long lot of ground by yourself and if you got a good dog they can really make a difference but there's not much in between on dogs they're no help or or all the help in the world it seems like oh yeah and but we we were all just kind of shaking our heads like it was it was going to be a long morning i think we had we had about 1500 head that we that we were shipping and we were sorting i think we were trying to get Four loads for ourselves so all oh, about 250 head that we were trying to sort yep. off and uh there was this big nice Charlet, kind of a kind of a broccoli face Charlet uh that we were trying to sort off and uh and she came by put the my my boss at the time he was he was doing the sort and we were kind of rotating in and out uh sorting and and you could only bring about about 10 or 12 head at a time and sort of, cuz the the I mean you could just see the the fence bow out as they were moving down the alley and uh some guy got yelled at cuz his dog was was just nipping at everything getting them riled up and of course you 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 tell somebody to put their dog up and then you know they they act like you called their mom a whore and uh <laughs> I mean it's uh it, you know it, when every time somebody tells you your dog ain't help helping they you know everybody kind of pouts in a corner or gets you know gets ready to fight one of the two and yeah. uh so this this charlotte heifer she uh she rolls up and uh chases up chases over berto up the fence and uh but she she is a good looking sucker you know big deep just nice looking heifer and uh he uh they they bring her back around and we're trying to get her sorted off and there's just one other there with her they got everything else sorted off and she uh she tries to take him again he moved out of the way and one more time you know the the big boss from Amarillo he was just like uh he's like hey uh just let her go and he's like no I like her I like her and then boom he's stuck on her chest for about three strides before she finally shook him But just rolled him up in a ball. (laughs) And then this time the guy from corporate said, Nope, nope, leave her be. We ain't doing it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's a big indicator on what our calves are going to be like. Oh, man. Jesus. Oh, those. Learned from my dad is there's a lot of genetics and disposition. And it's not exactly genetics, it's what mama does when it's a baby.
0: Yeah, exactly, and you know, there's uh, sometimes you you can uh, you can get a nice dental docile calf from uh, from one of them wild bitches, but not very often. Usually, if the mama's little little high headed, sells so that calf, so you just send them on down the road. It ain't it ain't yeah. worth messing with it.
1: No, cause you're gonna get yourself hurt, and the calf ain't gonna sell worth shit because the yeah, be as productive, and it's just that's not worth. There is nothing worth a good looking cow that you can't handle
0: no, and uh yeah, when you you know you go to the doctor one like that, you slap a loop on them, and that sucker comes right back up the rope at you, and, you know uh yeah, you just uh you you catch a catch a lope and don't stop till she's in the trailer and just just cart her on down to the sale, just you got her you got her in the trailer, just keep on going,
1: yeah, don't stop,
0: yep. Yeah, we it was uh that was the only major wreck. I don't know how we didn't blow out the sides of those of that fence every, when we were soaring. I'd say it was a it was it was kind of like a big racetrack setup. They had a they had yeah. an alley that went about three quarters of the way around the whole setup, and then you know it ended at a at a set of scales there. And it was old school. You know, you had to balance the the scale and everything, but it worked out pretty good. Just that that fence, you know, there's all railroad ties and uh, mm-hmm. and like two two by twelves, and you know, at one point it was a really nice ranchy looking setup, but that was about a hundred and twelve years ago, probably. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just I was waiting for one of them posts to snap, and you of course they had panel, you know, some Powder River panels just patching places here and there. Yeah, and, man, some
2: shit, oh. and it
0: was. It was, uh, it wasn't quite like, it wasn't quite big country like Nevada or, uh, you know, or Utah or something, but it was still mm-hmm. a pretty, pretty big allotment there. So, I mean, if they, they get out, you know, they got to, they got to quite a ways they can run before they hit another fence. So, yeah. I, I was, and <laughs> I guess it wouldn't have been too bad for me because I wasn't mounted. So, I'd have had just uh, helped make a back wing. Yeah, yeah, I would have just just helped make a wing when the, once they got him headed back, but. They never did get anything bust loose, but I don't know how they, uh, and it turns out, you know, those, all the rodeo rigs, they were par- fairly handy, but they, they had a couple that, you know, their horses were wanting to run just, you know, typical arena horses. Ain't nothing wrong with them. It's just how they are. And, yeah, uh, they, you know, they, they grabbed that bit in their mouth and they're wanting to go. They, they know one thing and that's blow to a steer and, and, uh, turn him or, you know, yeah. blow to it and sit their ass in the ground and stretch them tight. So. Yeah. it was uh it was a little little sketchy, but they we made it and uh and then but then we went back to the the place we were staying kind of the home ranch uh and, and shipped out of there and we had some oh wyoming's kind of like Colorado, you got a good mix of like buckaroo uh style and then just you know typical puncher, so you had a lot of you had a lot of like team rope and saddles with rubber on the horn and and or just like ranch cutter types with with rubber on the horn and then you had a bunch of wade. You know, guys riding spade bit and Romel reins and and yeah. roping on a slick horn, so it had a little bit of everything, but for the most part, they had good hands. So it, it turned out that uh, we shipped a lot of cattle out of there in, in a week, so yeah, it turned out pretty decent. It was a fun trip, but
1: yeah, you show if, if I ever show up to help, and there's a bunch of rodeo rigs, oh, that just makes me sick to my stomach, <laughs> even then it's not even necessarily the rodeo rigs around here. It's just kind of the, uh, and you'll know what I'm talking about when I figure out when I want to know what I want to say, but the, uh, the, uh, lesser punchy rigs. Yeah. The, uh, the ones that are like, yeah, I ride horses and I think I know what I'm doing, but, I just know how to really chase one and maybe get a loop on him after the second or third try. Those yeah. Guys, we've got, yeah. we've got a couple of those around here that are just like, okay, yeah. Uh You really want to come help and I really have to have the help. So come on. Um, yeah. But those, those are like last resort. Um last ditch we we have to have them gathered. Mm. he's the only person available
0: yeah those are the type though that you get a like especially on like on those yearlings or, or wean calves you know when when you got to get them bunched up they're not gonna they're not gonna move out single file like a like old set of old cows uh yeah. you you when you get them kind of bunched up headed towards the gate or you're trying to get them out the gate and you see one with their with their head in the air, and then immediately you see like three people shake out a loop, and the sucker hadn't even tried to break yet.
1: Oh yeah, or one just snorts, and you're like, okay. First off, we've got the whole group here. We ain't got time to go rope one right now. So yeah, who's the whole group because you're a dumbass. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, yeah, let's get the. the,
1: the... we won't have to rope him.
0: Yeah, and if he does squirt past you, how about you get the the rest of the hundred head through the gate and then go then go get the other one? Because yeah. typically they they get out there by themselves and then they say, well, maybe I don't wanna I don't wanna be out here by myself, and they'll kind of start working the way back on up. But yeah, it's a, it's amazing you see one kind of poke his head up above the bunch, and then you just you hear a bunch of ropes shaking out. and, Well, no, yeah. let's call let's calm down. They're, everybody likes to rope but let's let's get the job done and then use you know go 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 slap a loop on him if we need to but let, let's get everything else moved first
1: yeah and then you go to settle up and they're like well i roped that one steer well he never left yeah. a bunch you roped him like he was in the ramuda
0: back yeah in the day. <laughs> yeah yeah there's uh you know there's there's it's like that everywhere there's some really good day help and there's some that you know you got to have them so you 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 have them come over but yeah you just they're they're almost more work than the cattle themselves
1: yeah the best day help that we have around here that are around here close to us um we had a bunch of steers on gain on a deal and we showed up and the guy who we had him on gain had gotten the extra help minus uh me my dad and the same guy who got his leg broke, um, we all we all went, obviously, because they were my dad's cattle. But uh, we showed up, and we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's going to be a long day. Because we had six loads to ship that day. Every bit of six loads. So we got out, and we went to going, and dad was like, Dad just grabbed me before we got on, and he said, uh, "When they go to holler, you just sit back and keep the whole bunch from busting apart." Yeah. Tim, yes, sir. <laughs> we got out there, and them some bitches just sat back, and we just took them nice and slow. I mean, they—you'd look at them, and you wouldn't think they was worth the shit. But they just, them guys. I don't. We we shipped six loads. I don't think we roped a single one, and we caught every single one of them some bitches in a wheel corral just a old wilson wheel corral yeah broke a single one and it's amazing when you get somebody who just shut up and sit on his horse and not get above a walk until he absolutely has to
0: yeah and there's a lot of people especially like i said on those on those yearlings and stuff where they they just kind of they move better as a big bunch where you know your older cows especially if you train them right you can just you you can almost move them one guy just you get them lined out and and get that lead cow moving and they'll all just kind of follow in and then you just kind of got to keep them bumped back into that line uh but you you when you got a bunch up those those uh yearlings you know you you almost need somebody out in front just to slow them down so they all stay bunched up and uh and you can move them at a reasonable pace. Otherwise you, you've got to push the back end up just to, you've got to push the back end hard just to keep them up with the front. Cause otherwise yeah. your, 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 your lead bunch is going to turn back on top of you. And then you gotta, <clears throat> and then you gotta get them stopped and move them back the way you want them to go. And uh, I yeah. would tell my guys is like, uh, you know, don't push them to a trot, but if they want to trot, keep up there with them, you know, just,
1: because otherwise,
0: yeah. you're going to be way behind them and they're going to turn around. They're going to have a full head of steam coming back on top of you. So, uh, yeah, let them, let them travel how they want to. But if they're – you know, you got half is wanting to run and the other half are just dragging behind, you might as well send somebody up front and kind of slow them down.
1: Yeah. But, like, my dad, and he's he's taught me a lot on just, like, doing shit by yourself. Like, just the other day, I moved – 94 head of steers. Oh, I guess it was really just 100 yards down the road and across the road, but uh, didn't have a single person helping me. We got trucks with cake boxes, had my trailer on the back, horse loaded up and just hit the siren, got them all around me, pulled them all out the gate, went in the next gate, set out a line of feed, Just walked out of my truck real nice and easy, stepped my horse out, stepped on him, walked around the line of cake, brought up the four or five stragglers, put them right in the gate. Not a single steer got above a walk. Not a single steer got hot. And it was back when it was – we had highs of uh, 102 and lows of 85.
0: Yeah, it doesn't doesn't cool down.
1: We – And it was humid and it was a hot day. And uh, actually another funny part of that is we've got a neighbor and he's an older cowboy. He's a, he's an artist, whatnot. I don't think he does any poems, but he's a cowboy artist. He does a bunch of paintings and stuff. Um, I don't know if you'll know him, uh, Mr. H Holden.
0: I know the name. I don't, I don't, I don't don't know if I've ever met him. I I, I know the name. Uh, I've heard it somewhere before
1: we've got two of his paintings hanging on our wall of our couple of our old ranch foreman's and uh, he's he's a pretty good guy he's a neighbor and he was just he was driving by as I was doing that boy he was looking out the window looking at me looking for anybody else driving pickup or riding horse I just waved and he waved back at me but he sure wasn't looking figuring out what was going on but It's amazing when you see all these people that are like, "Okay, we need 15 head to move, or 15 hands to catch a load." Yeah, I caught caught 60 in a wheel corral by myself. I just fed them in the wheel corral, closed what I could in there, loaded some, and went out and just made a circle and caught the rest. Yeah, it all goes back to the first time you handle them, and it's it's just amazing some what some people think. Yeah. But,
2: well, the,
0: the, the thing is, you always well, I'm gonna and I've said it plenty of times myself. You get you get hot, and you're like, well, I'm gonna show that some bitch. And yeah, I'm man. really gonna I'm gonna teach him. Well, he, no, you you, you choke them out, and then uh, they get hot, and they and then they don't want to travel. And you didn't teach them a damn thing, except they don't like you. That's what they. That's what you taught them.
1: You taught them when you get in the pen and go to load <coughs> and they want to go over the top of you
0: yeah pretty well yeah it's not so bad when you're dealing with those uh those good english breed cattles but uh yeah you get some and and straight bramers ain't bad either they they really move out nice and they they're pretty pretty docile but you oh, as yeah. soon as you cross them with anything there's a, a wire gets switched in there and they they get a little hostile
1: yeah but there's also they still go back to that bramer that they can be your best friend
0: oh yeah they really yeah.
1: can't. It just how one guy will handle them. Like, yep. Shit, I sorted a hundred and what was it, like 110 the other day. Little steers came in. I didn't have a flag, didn't have a stick, didn't have a rattle paddle. I just walked, and I put a few out in the alley, look at them, and I was just pulling off the short, slow end, and I just look at them, put my hand out, I mean, they little calves, and you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've already said it, but them little Florida calves, they're gonna bounce off the fence no matter what. Yep. They just, they especially the first, the first end of the pen, just walked out nice, and then getting to the end, they kind of got a little pissy and wanted to bounce a little bit. But that's the end of the pen. I mean, you you come to expect some of that shit.
0: Oh yeah, they. It's always. The the rowdiest one will be the last one through the chute almost every time. Oh. <laughs> they either they either hit the chute at a run and be the first one up there, or they'll uh, they'll back out every time, and you usually have to back them out of the tub and throw them in with another bunch and try it again because they they get they get real goofy when they're by themselves. And uh, yeah, I told this story before, but this old man uh, that works with me. He, uh, he got freight trained. We had a set of, uh, Oregon steers and, uh, you know, we, we hadn't had any beef cattle in, or any beef breeds in a while. We had, we had a lot of Holstein steers and, you know, you can, you can put your hand on their hip and just follow them right up to the, to the tub and, uh, or right up to the snake, you know, just with your hand right on their hip and, and you about have to sometimes cause they just don't move. They're like a, they're like a, just a big dog uh, more than anything. And, uh, but then we get this, we got uh, like two or three loads of Oregon cattle and, you know, and they were, they were pretty, pretty ranchy looking cattle. You know, they had the, the big chin waddle. Some of them had single ones, Some of them had doubles. They all had earmarks. And of course it's sure. I'm sure they were on a community grazing permit or something, you know, where they're doing, uh, they're when they gather, they're gathering three different owners and, uh, you know, sorting on the go and, uh, And they, they just, they looked like desert cattle, you know, but they, they really handled pretty nice, but we, we had a, we had a guy running the tub who was, he's pretty new, he's more of a farmer type, but he's, uh, you know, he, he, he does pretty decent, uh, handling cattle, it's just not his, not his forte, and, but apparently he wasn't moving fast enough for John, and like I said, I was, I was running the chute, and, uh, and, so and and we weren't running out of cattle because that's the only time I noticed what's going on back there because you got so much stuff going on at the shoot. Oh, that yeah. I think I think I was I was running the shoot, giving an implant and uh, giving two shots. I think. And so yeah, you never notice what's going on behind you until you run out of cattle, and then you're like, <laughs> "Hey, what the hell? Where's the cows at?" And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I think John got mucked out. Well, of course he did, <laughs> and. I guess he was. He took a rattle paddle, and he was, uh, he was going Tiger Woods on their ass, and just, just swinging from the hip. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, uh, he was all sorts of out of it. Just, uh, he was, he was too stiff to be in fully in the fetal position, but he was trying like hell to be in the fetal position. <laughs> and, but one thing about it is he, he had a good sense mm-hmm. of humor, even though he was, he was half unconscious, I mean <laughs> he was he he got a i don't think he got any major damage from it, but he was he was sore for about a week but <laughs> yeah he he said uh i guess the exact words were he's like uh well, you're going too slow sometimes you's gotta get a little aggressive with them <laughs> and, and he had just a you know just a stock flag to start with, and then he said i Hand me that rattle paddle. I ain't fucking around anymore. I'm telling him I mean business.
1: <laughs> oh shit!
0: But he did get a he did get a good Christmas present out of it. I tipped that horn and and uh, wood burned red some bitch on it for him and <laughs> gave it to him for Christmas. So he's he's got a little souvenir. <laughs>
1: oh shit! I've got a good story about horns. Um, when i was little like any little kid you're gonna collect light or tags oh yeah nubs, uh, damn the end of nut sacks if you tip them oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah we
0: always we'd always fill them with sand and then like wait till our buddy when you know when we're working ground crew during brandon we'd we'd grab one of those those nut sacks and fill it with dirt and then uh like ah uh, it was it was always like my buddy clint but like hey, hey clint he would turn around and Pop, them in the face, sandbag. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we were here. I don't remember. I was little, like five, six years old. We were processing cattle, and uh, I was picking up them horns. I had a big old pile of them, and they were probably about the the what we were clipping off was probably about two, three inches long. They were some. I don't even remember what they were, so I can't tell you what the cattle they came off of was, but they had some decent-sized horns, and uh, we were processing at my grandparents' house, so I went inside and got a Ziploc bag from my grandma, and they were helping me, and I mean, we filled up a couple Ziploc bags of horns, and I threw them in the back of my mom's car. Well, she didn't know about them. She finds them, and this is in, like beginning or middle of summer, so it was nice and warm. Oh,
0: just just good and ripe in there, I bet. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I don't remember if they exploded or if she found them all puffy, aired up, but that was that was quite the experience. I've heard that story a few times from my mom, but I, uh she was not very happy when she found them bags of horns. Cause oh, I bet not. I, I guess she chewed some ass. <laughs> okay, that, you know.
0: I, I bet she was looking to sell that car the very next day too, huh? <laughs> I, I <laughs> oh don't man. know. If she
1: could have if she wanted
0: to. Oh man, that oh, that uh,
1: baby.
0: yeah. Well, and for for folks that that aren't cattle people, and you know they uh, those horns are it's a lot like uh, it's a lot like your fingernails or something. Yeah. So if you if you cut down too low you get to the quick and it, they start bleeding and they just squirt like a sieve and you think they're going to die when they come out of the chute. Uh, yeah. Especially if you're, you know, at the certain time of year when the blood's up a little bit higher, you know, they, I mean, they come out and they're just spraying streams of blood and it looks, I mean, it looks bad, but you know, you give them about a, about an hour or two and they're going to be covered in, in uh, dried blood look, Look like they've been through a war, but they 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 cut they come around no no problem they they always do I've never seen one die from it so All right. oh yeah some of those I guess you get a real big base on it and you cut it too short you can you can dang sure uh, let them bleed out that way but typically you, oh, yeah. you you use a saw or something and then you you cauterize it but but that's pretty rare I mean most people that've yeah. been around cattle know that you know you. you if they got a real big base on it, you 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 want to leave a little bit left there. I mean, it's it's not ideal, of course. You're gonna get some bruising down the line, but it, it's better than being dead. So it's, yeah,
1: one thing we found is take uh, there's them like hand saws that are the chain that you'll put, yeah like stick through each side. Mmm. Kind of authorizes it as you go, but that yeah. Way- every but that's just if we got a big one but normal horns we've just got like tree tree trimmers
0: yeah those work the best
1: quick and then oh yeah iron or if they're little we'll just leave them
0: yeah we see we had uh uh, these mexican steers that we had this uh this spring a lot of them went to uh to ranch rodeos and cuttings and stuff so you, you know they they were they were like you know make sure you the brand looks good and uh take off as much horn as you can you know they said you know if it's if it's a big big horn you know leave leave some but you know try to get it at the hairline if you can and yeah so I, it that we're still uh still scraping dried blood off our uh, off the gates and the fences there at our at our processing area but yeah it, it, they looked like hell because we we they came in we'd uh we mass treated them uh and gave them a couple shots, dewormer, and, uh, and then we'd run them back, and we gave them one of our lot tags, and then uh, right before they shipped, we'd run them back through, give them an the implant brand, and, uh, and a fly, uh, and, and two fly tags, two fly, I t- nah, just one fly tag, I guess, and, uh, and then, you know, then the owner tag, and yeah, there's a lot of those steers, like, you couldn't even read the, the owner tag anymore, it was just, just soaked with blood and caked on there, but you know they—I said they—they they really did all right. Just <clears throat> they just looked looked like a war zone when we were done.
1: Oh yeah, but if I mean if you get them, especially when they're when the horns are small and when the calves are small, it won't even phase them. Nah, too bad.
0: No, and that's, that's kind of the thing about Brandon is, like, if you're already sticking an iron on their hip, you might as well do everything else you need to do to them right then. Just They're already stressed. Just knock it out and get it, get it done with, and, uh, and that way you don't got to handle them any more than you have to, and, it, and it's going to be stressful either way on them, so get them all the stress you can right there, and then, yep. then leave them be.
1: Yep. And them them old calves will be fine. They're oh they're yeah. They they can they can take quite a bit. It's not gonna it's not gonna affect them like most people would think. They they're pretty they're pretty tough some bitches.
0: No, and like that uh you know, when they when they get branded it's about like uh like sticking your thumb on the stove for for a hot second, you know, it hurts like hell oh. for a minute. But you know, it 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 doesn't really hurt you. I mean, it, it it stings like a son of a bitch, but but you know, it, it it's done pretty quick. like so. And that's kind of how that brand is for them. And, you mm-hmm. know, and then give them a shot. You mu- it's like a mosquito bite, if if that. Oh. I mean, yeah, they're they're just. I don't know. A lot of people don't they don't realize just how big of an animal they are. So it's oh, you know, yeah, they can they can withstand a whole lot. <clears throat>
1: Oh, yeah. But that's like that uh, that uh, Yellowstone deal. In the first season, they take that kid and they brand him. Well, me and my dad were watching it, and dad goes, uh, no, if you put an iron like that on a person for that long, you'd be going through some major shit.
2: Like, oh, yeah. It's not
1: like branding a calf at all because no. they got big old thick skin and hair you got to get through and whatnot and you're basically when you brand them all you're doing is knocking them hair follicles out yeah where i mean where there's going to be a little bit of a scar but you can see in the hair that there is your brand there
0: yep yeah you're just you're wanting to when you when you kind of hear it sizzle and pop and that smoke turns just a little bit blue then you're you're good i mean as soon as you can hear it popping like it's hot grease you're probably you're probably good and oh, yeah. uh,
1: you're you're about past good there lots of times
0: yeah and and it depends on you know if they're steers or whatnot they don't really care because you're you're not holding on to them forever so it's just slap a brand on them and go but you know if you're if they're they're replacements or whatnot you know they you know a lot of guys are like well let's get it on there good because i'm keeping these keeping these cows around for a while so so they don't botch it and but, Yeah.
1: Yeah
0: they uh and Oklahoma it's not a brand state is it? You don't you don't have yeah, to brand is. your it is? Oh okay. you
1: don't, no you don't have to brand them but you do register your brands and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: See that's that's way no, can that's what Kansas is. I think there's there's two or three counties that border Colorado that I think are uh required to brand. Mm-hmm. But the state as a whole is uh you register a brand and i mean if you do brand them, you have to have them registered but mm-hmm. it, it's not a required uh required to brand but pretty well everywhere west of Kansas and oklahoma i don't Texas is not a brand state anymore but no. west west of that i think even even California is a brand state, so
1: yeah but that and i don 't get which. I guess I can't say this because my few cows that I have don't carry a brand, but they're all registered show heifers. So you're not going to put an iron on them anyways, but
0: yeah. Uh, and I, I think no, I a see. lot of the people out here, they do a freeze brand on their, on the registered cattle. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, and
0: uh, dairy cattle are not required, but I, I think anything beef, anything of, that has a chance to be out, out on, you know open range type stuff or even mm-hmm. just out on pasture If uh it's in a brand state they're pretty well any beef cattle's got to have a brand on it even if they are show cattle but then but then that they just they uh they freeze brand them on, on yeah those most of the time
1: yeah but any i mean any most of them guys that don't run brands are just going to be like a hobby guy that just yeah has 30 cows and and i don't get that but um, I guess the statistic is the average size of a cow herd in the United States is under fifty,
0: yeah, and well, and like that's like missouri has is one of the bigger uh cattle states as far as numbers go, but the average herd size is yeah it's like thirty five forty head, something like that,
1: yeah, and there's I'm not trying to bash anybody, but you've really gotta play that careful because somebody like that isn't relying on that as a source of income so they're not going to push their cattle like somebody like we would yeah we've got to make sure our cattle gain every pound they can and don't lose a single pound yeah so that that does hurt some things on our averages of daily gain and whatnot like as a whole deal but and like I say, I'm not trying to diss anybody, but it just—it's one of those things you really got to be careful when you get into a small herd. You, everybody, really needs to pay attention to what the cattle do and how they do perform. That's kind oh, of yeah a thing, especially when you get into them smaller herds because they don't—they don't have to have money. Like it's a hobby. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's it kind of can get out of hand. We've got. We've got some people around here, and it's, I'm not going to say any names, but it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, where, where at in Oklahoma are you? Uh,
1: you know where Enid is? Yeah. North of there, about 10 miles.
0: Okay. Okay. So, yeah. And Enid, that's, uh, that's east of Woodward a little ways, right?
1: Yeah. Just, I'm about smack dab in between. Oklahoma City and Wichita.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Not, uh, no, I'm
1: probably 15 miles from. No, I'm gonna be a little more than 15. I'll probably be 25 miles from I-35, west of.
0: Okay. I-35. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you. Yeah, you're down in that that muggy type of type of country. That you're 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 right in the the middle of uh, wheat pasture I'm, country.
1: Yeah, I'm right on the edge of that good old muggy. Uh,
0: yeah uh, uh how far are you from kingfisher we used to get a ton of uh wheat pasture cattle from kingfisher
1: kingfisher straight up highway 81 50 60 miles yeah uh, north so northwest. yeah
0: they, they always say kingfisher is kind of like the the mecca of uh of wheat pasture in uh in oklahoma it's kind of what what I've been told, yeah. like, that that's kind of like the center of the, the wheat pasture world.
1: Yeah, which they won't get as cold as us, and that's kind of the big thing. But they – there's just – it's a different type of soil, and they get a little more rain than we do down there Yeah, and they're around the city. But if you really want to look at gains, we'll kick their ass every day.
0: Yeah, um, better feed.
1: I mean, we, we, we can damn near put out a 3.8 on wheat pasture if they're good. Well, I had a half-section – and they pulled mud this winter big time they put out a three six of nice. and they did way better than I thought they would but uh because oh uh, I went and got a test weight and I called dad and I was like um they need to go
2: they're ready
1: <laughs> and he's like well I guess we're not going to try and sell them off the farm then
2: <laughs> yeah
1: kind of a rookie mistake my bad
2: yeah <laughs>
1: but, that's uh, funny but they did and they did all right once we got into the sailborn they were which they were on a half section so we had five loads up there easy yeah so they, there was a little bit of a probably about 100 pounds from top to bottom at least so when they got sailborn they cut them up into about three groups and the bigger yeah. crosses the middle that's not going to be as crossy and maybe there'll be some that are bigger, but they're not going to be crossy. You know what I mean? Just the more English type and then the smaller Yeah, is about how they normally at the sale barns, uh, break them up. And I think there was like three loads in the middle and then one on each side. So there was yeah. loads, the less crossy, more English looking, which would be your Northern beef cattle, your Angus and your Hereford and red angus and that type of stuff and then your crossy what we're calling a crossy is your brahma type cattle coming that are going to have an ear and a little, little bit extra skin that, yeah that'll be the quote unquote crossy ones they're all cross cattle but that's your that's how they distinguish it that's just slang for it i guess
0: yeah and then you, you get into the feedlots. lots like they, they'll uh they'll call them the crossbreds a lot of times they'll just call them okies uh and so you got like, okay. yeah, so like you got your number one oakies would be like more your, uh, more of your English dominant, uh, English and continental dominant. And then, uh, mm-hmm. and then the, the more, the more skin and more ear they got, then they'll, they'll go into like your number two okies. And, uh, and so, yeah, they, everybody's got their own terms, but they, uh, and, and I'm sure because, there's a there's a just a whole shit pot load of cattle that come off a of wheat pasture in Oklahoma so that's mm-hmm. you know where we got okies coming in same way with you know gator bait when when they're coming from Florida we we even got uh some Hawaiian cattle here last winter uh really? not, not this past winter but the winter before yeah we uh we had about 500 head that I I don't know if they came over on a plane or a barge I think they came over on a barge but Mm-hmm. I guess they, they load them on an airplane there in Hawaii too. Really? Yeah. So it'd be like, like taking, well, no, they, uh, what they'll do is they'll put them on, uh, basically a cattle pot slash shipping container. So it's, so if you just take, uh, take the nose off your, your cattle pot and, uh, and take, you know, just remove your axles and just make it a big rectangle, you know, but it's, still got the the vent holes and everything like a cattle pot and then they'll just use a crane or whatever to load them on these big cargo planes and uh oh, yeah yeah and and they look a lot like southeastern cattle just kind of kind of yeah. just crossbred you know a little bit of ear not too much but you know a lot of a lot of english influence a lot of continental influence kind of
2: mm-hmm. oh a
0: lot of like Salier. um Salir, Charlet, Charley, um, Semitall cross, but of course, they're all, but they all, they all, yeah. they're all packing a little bit of ear. Just yeah, just typical southeastern type cattle. Oh and, yeah, uh, be,
1: but being out there, they're going to be out in that muggy heat, and they're going to be dealing with bugs, so they have to have that good. Oh yeah. Over there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they and they really did pretty good. We had a. It was weird. They were. They were like eight fifty. Uh, and we had one set that was, that was more, uh, more of like a Angus dominant. And then, uh, then the bigger, the bigger set was, uh, was all just kind of crossbred stuff. And, and, uh, the big, nicer bunch, like I so said, they were, they were pushing eight, eight fifty, <clears throat> and
2: then
0: <that coughs> we usually ship bars cause we just background them. We don't finish anything out except for couple custom you know got guy, local guys here they'll bring you know five ten head in and feed them out oh yeah but <clears throat> everything else we just background them and, and ship them over the hill into california and uh and we usually ride right about 900 pounds when we when we send them south and they were just shy of that and we were pulling like five six seven head a day out of this pen and they were all temping like uh, real hot like like 106 107 and, uh, but they, they were, they were long enough day on feed cattle. We were using our cheap drugs. You know, we, we, we weren't using Draxin or Mycotil or anything at that mm-hmm. point. It was, it was just biomycin and, uh, oh, uh, you ever use Norfinical? Yes. Norfinical is yeah. a godsend.
1: Yes. It uh, and this sounds really farmer of me, but we dart a hell a lot of our cattle because it's really is easier on them, but you can get yeah. that shit from <clears throat>
0: yeah and it's, it's uh, and it's it's like a half the price of new floor too
1: yeah Dude, yeah stupid i don't get why there's i mean Norphinical blows them out of the water
0: oh yeah it's it's and it's the same exact drug just easier to give it's i mean yeah. it, it really is like the concentration everything same as new floor it just uh it's a hell of a lot easier to give and uh all the cowhands out there nodding their head because they, they've done it, but everybody who hasn't, new floor is like uh, if you mix molasses, molasses with. Molasses and syrup. Yeah, with a touch of concrete in there. When Once it drops below about 40 degrees, it's like. I mean, it, it is like.
1: The, uh, uh, the windshield warmer, the dash, as soon as you mm-hmm. get it in the morning. Yeah, and you're. Hi, and it might be ready by three o'clock.
0: Yeah, and uh, and go ahead and put an implant needle on the end of your syringe, and you might get, you might push it through there, but <laughs> they uh, it'd be like
1: it'd be like pushing Play-Doh through a syringe.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean it, and uh, you could have the most experienced, badass, like strong farrier, you know, the guy that that'll shoe. Seven, eight head of horses all day, every day. And he'll still have a hard time pushing that stuff through a syringe. <laughs> it is just, it gets thick. Oh, yeah. but, but we, uh, we got to the point on those cat, like we, I mean, it was every day, like five, six, seven head, 10 head, couple days, just would bring them through. And they're all temping like one Oh six, one Oh seven, give them a shot of biomycin away. They went and finally I was like, I, that, the. Uh, they're going to have to tough it out as we're, we're going to end up treating the whole damn pin. We'd already mass treated them <clears throat> and we weren't losing anything off. And, you know, usually when you're pulling that many, you're behind and, uh, oh, yeah. and, and you're going to lose some. So, and, but it was just kind of all of a sudden. And uh, I just, well, I I don't know. I'm going to, I said, well, I'm going to just leave them be. Don't touch them and uh, see how they respond. You know, if we lose one or two, you know, I'll take the debt on that. But I said, it's, it's getting stupid. So uh, we just, we let them be and they pulled out of it on their own. We never did lose one off of that deal, but mm-hmm. we, we treated a whole bunch of them. And then it just, it got to the point where it does it wasn't making any sense. You know, we're, we're, we usually go, uh, I think if you pull 10% of the lot, and they, they temp hot within three days is kind of our, that's when we start talking about mass treating them, you know, if, if we don't mass treat them on, on arrival. And yeah. I, on some of those, I like to push it up to about 25%, because if you mass treat them at the wrong time, you know this just as well I, as I do. Uh, and I've talked about it before, that, that, that uh, antibiotic doesn't discriminate. It kills all the bacteria. Good and bad. So if, you, if you've if you only got 10% of your, your cattle that are sick and you run them all through and give them a shot, <clears throat> well, that, that that antibiotics the ones that, that aren't sick, it's going to knock the shit out of them. And there's a better chance they're going to get sick. You're going to make them sick by treating them.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, You're going to so set you, their gut behind.
0: Yeah. So you you really got to walk a fine line there trying to decide when to do it, when not and, and it's all timing. I mean, unless they're, you know, if they're high risk cattle coming out of the Southeast or just kind of sale barn trash. Yeah. You can see those coming off the truck and yeah, they're, they're going through the shoot tomorrow and, and getting a shot of whatever. But you know, a lot of times you just, you got to just play it by ear. And, and just, as I always say, like, if, if we're at you know, we had a, bu- uh, a couple lots of Holsteins that were were like this, and we we were up to right around twenty five percent of the pen treated, and weren't slowing down. I said, "Ah, screw it, just let's just do them all." Because if we're, you know, you, you pull six head and you're already at like twenty five percent of the lot, and you go back the next day and you see another five six head just, you know, just dragging the dragging the dirt. And, you know, well, let's just let's get it
1: over with. yeah but uh what is you say you got a pin of calves coming in what and you're pulling six what's your go to your first go to
0: <clears throat> um pulling a sick calf my my favorite um on on Holsteins. I really like Zactran. uh it seems like it works really good on it, and Zactran's kind of like a it's another version of the Draxon, but it's about a third, the cost Draxin works really good, but man, it, it is expensive. And, yeah. uh, and I, I like, I like Dra- or I like Zactran. I like Micotill. And then, but just if it was me running my own cattle, I, I would start them with biomycin, uh, or, uh, or normycin, some, some sort of mm-hmm. LA, some sort of LA product, oxytetracycline. Yeah. They, Cause it, it's a broad spectrum. It'll it'll treat just about anything and it doesn't really knock the shit out of them cause it's, it's not as long lasting as, as those other drugs. But now you, you, you treat a pin of cattle or a set of cattle with Draxin, and around day four afterwards, man, they look tough. They, I mean, they really look tough, yeah. but, but, but they usually, I mean, they usually pull right on through it, but you know, I think if you're buying in bulk, Draxon runs you just over three bucks a CC, I think. So Holy one of shit. one of those big 500 CC bottles is going to run you about 1700 bucks, I think is, is the last time I looked. And uh, so it's your, and you got a, I think it's, I think it's one per hundred or 1.1 per hundred, something like that.
1: Yeah. 1.1 per hundred. Cause on a three weight, I'd, I probably over treat, but I give about four and a half, five, depending mm-hmm. on how bad they look. Yeah. But we've been we've been doing uh on these slower cattle, I've had to pull a couple, uh, Draxen and B twelve, and then if they still aren't doing good, we might give them a pull of like a Betrul. You ever mm-hmm.
0: use Betrul? That's <clears throat> is very uh timing is re- very important on Batril because. Yes. Uh, unlike like your some which they call a shotgun treatment, Batril is a rifle treatment. You uh, oh, yeah. you have to hit that certain window, and if you do, if you hit it right, it works excellent. If not, it, it, you might as well just be pouring water down their skin. I mean, it's it's not yeah do
1: yeah. But normally, that past few times I've pulled them, which I mean, I haven't like I say I haven't pulled very many, just a few. But that Draxon and that B twelve is worked phenomenal yeah they they, and that b12 just gives them a big old shot of energy and
0: i'm a big fan of big fan of b12 that's that's a that's a wonder drug it's cheap yep it's cheap and it and it's effective that's the thing is that it doesn't really do much for them except give them a little bit of energy but sometimes that's all they need
1: they'll go out the bunk and fill their belly up that's a big thing just them it
0: filling up yeah that's i I know uh yeah it it doesn't really matter where you go to if you talk to somebody like what's their best secret on weaning calves they always say you know get some feed in front of them and keep feed in front of them and then then it's harder on the mamas than it is uh, those babies you know that as long as they got some feed in front of them those babies will ball for about you know 12 18 hours something like that and then they'll just kind of settle on down and and they'll go to eating and they'll be fine. But those those cows, they'll ball for a, a solid week before they're done.
1: Oh yeah. If you if you got them Kevs eating, you'll cut your sickness down by a whole bunch and <clears throat> you cut or you increase their future performance huge.
2: Oh. Oh yeah.
1: So, I mean just yeah. that little boost right there is Big time, and it's just like when you're growing as a kid. I mean, you get your growth done, and it's going to take you a little bit. Yeah. But if if you grow right on through and you get everything exactly how you need it, you'll grow up real fast, and you'll be. I mean, it it a huge deal.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you you guys are kind of just you're like the middleman of cattle, where you you're you're taking them off the cow. And you run them, and you're you're you usually you're shipping them to a, to a finish yard, where mm-hmm. the, the, those guys like you know, on my end, we want them a little rangy, a little uh, you know, you want them a little bit empty coming in because then they'll pop when they hit
1: feed. Get them hard.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you uh, so you you get some unexpected gain from it, but you guys you make your money by putting pounds on them, so you yeah. you don't want them soggy because then you're gonna get docked on the when you yeah. when you sell them but you, you want to grow them right and uh so you, you guys play a, you guys have to walk kind of a fine line there
1: yeah and those those calves that i was talking about they were right on that line but uh the bigger crossy ones do tend, i mean got a little <laughs> soggy and that's that's kind of your your go-to when you're looking at these florida cattle and seeing when they're ready to go especially on wheat pasture not as much on grass but when them bigger, uh, crossy ones start to get a little soggy and get a little more balance in their skin, yeah, you, want them, you about want them gone, and they'll sell about right. But Yeah, because there's there's a difference in a bigger crossy one being soggy than a bigger English one being soggy. And, yeah, and when I'm saying soggy, I mean a fat calf, just a oh yeah, got a lot of fat on him. But uh, that's there's a big difference there and those calves right there are a good indicator of when they're about ready to go yeah so they well those calves that i talked about they they were right there on the line they were on the top end but they did all right
0: yeah yeah those uh those cattle coming from your part of the world you can usually smell them coming down the road uh, about three miles away and uh and they could uh they could paint the that back wall of your shop there behind you just by sneezing. They uh they they'll <laughs> sneeze and they'll 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 shit out a stream of just dark green liquid, uh that for about forty. 40- oh man, it uh I swear they can shoot that stuff about forty foot too. I mean it just. Try and get just, that
2: shit out of your clothes.
0: Oh projectile, yeah, it's uh I guess there's certain parts of california where they uh they feed a lot of like vegetable byproducts like they'll feed them carrots and stuff and they uh yeah and they uh and of course That's cows they'll eat <clears throat> no they uh they said it stinks something terrible but the the cattle like it you know that of course cow eat just about anything
1: yeah i know like uh you plant turnips cattle will dig in turnips up and eat them like a talking to a guy one time he said they'll do real good on them turnips but you better carry a broom handle yeah I
0: mean, you gotta dislodge it
1: you go shove them down into their belly
0: yeah yeah uh, they same thing with uh sugar beets uh
1: yeah but all those those big bull root plants they'll, they'll yeah they'll they'll, they'll dig em suckers up and eat them like candy
0: have got a lot of starch, and they, uh, so they do well on it. But, yeah, they can choke pretty easy. And, uh, oh,
1: yeah. Well, they, they you, don't necessarily chew it. I mean, they don't, they don't chew their food initially going down. They just kind of bite yeah. it off
2: and yeah.
1: swallow it. and It goes through the rumen, comes back up, and the other three.
0: Yeah. Do you, uh, you ever listen to any Core Blond? Yeah. Have you heard his Talking Veterinarian Blues song?
1: No,
0: he, uh, he talks about. I'll I'll put that as the featured song of the episode. But he uh he talks about how uh you know he's he's talking as if he's a vet because his his old man is a vet and uh yeah. he's talking about there's a there's a steer in the corner of a pen uh up there and he's from Alberta Canada somewhere somewhere in Alberta and uh is, you know there's a steer in the corner of the pen and he's mighty mad because he's got a got a beet stuck in his throat and they uh you poke at it with a stick can't get it to to go says well you got a knife we better cut him now so you can save the meat and so he goes and gets the knife makes the jugular cut and then the steer coughs up the beet <laughs> and then just bled to death <laughs> yeah that'd
1: be about what happened what would happen around you yeah that sounds about par for course
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well but i think i probably better get around and uh and uh get ready for tomorrow but it was good visiting with you let's do it again i uh i sure enjoyed it
1: yes sir me too uh it was it was good to talk to you so
0: I yeah you we bet again
1: one of these days
0: yeah you bet so uh well everybody uh you guys be safe be good don't be a dick to each other and uh i got shit to do so move your ass we're burning daylight You going to do yours or what?
1: Oh, shit. (laughs) I was out of it. So, Matt, we're chasing strays.
2: (laughs) All right. See y'all.